Hi, this is Rachel. Welcome to A Note of Daring, a podcast curious about how we as humans navigate the cascade of changes and collisions that shift the arc of our lives and stories. I'm delighted you are here. Today I'm talking with my friend Amy LaLiberty, a virtual CFO and money mindset coach for six and seven figure businesses, as well as a profit first advocate. In our conversation, we dove into the cash flow system profit first, what it looks like to build financial literacy with business owners as business owners, how we're shifting relationships with money, and exploring the question, what is enough? I'm really excited to share this with you and enjoy the show. Welcome to a Note of Daring podcast. So first question, who are you and what do you want us to know about you? Who am I not? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, my name is Amy Law Liberty. I am a uh, virtual CFO and um, mindset coach for six and seven figure business owners. Um, I work primarily with uh, service-based businesses and I help um, CEOs create a relationship with money and be able to set goals that are intentional and that are aligned with what they want to do and how they want to create. And we work on not trying to chase after um, things that may not feel aligning to them, but they're told that it's supposed to be. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think there's like two things that really popped out for me is really the alignment with money and also the um, abandoning the shoulds is what I call it. And that's been a theme for me is just like the supposed tos and really questioning those and all that. Yeah. I think that um, I feel like for me, that journey has been ongoing for quite some time, but I think I'm in this season right now for me where it's, it's yes, I can create growth and do I want it? And so Um, and not because I'm like, you know, like, oh, you should want to do this. And it's like, well, yeah, I should want to do this. And I can also do other things Mm -hmm. and really trying to find like, what is the truth within myself? Because I think for so long I have been looking for answers outside. Mm -hmm. And I think that what, that's what happens so often with, with everyone, I think everyone as like a, as humans and, um, and then for business owners, I think it's even more, um, prevalent just because you should be achieving, right. You want to constantly be like creating the next big result. And I just, I don't have a problem with that. I just think, let's make sure that you're clear on your why that you want yeah. to do that. Yeah. 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 So what, what is, what is your why? So for me, I think it really comes down to, I feel very strongly that in, I think in the world, but because of the work that I do and um, my clients are are based in the United States, um, I think that there is a lack of financial literacy available to the, um, to people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the absence of that financial literacy creates so much um, unnecessary distress in our lives. And that if we just had fundamental, um, basic financial literacy that would help every person make informed decisions about their finances, I think that there would be a lot less of like a hustle culture. I think Mm -hmm. there would be a lot less of, um, of, 
of like feeling like this insufficiency and scarcity and more of abundance. And so my why is providing financial literacy to business owners Mm -hmm. so that they can feel like they are making really informed decisions about their finances and not abdicating their, um, their agency, if you will, from making those because they don't like, they feel like they don't know how they don't know how to do that. Yeah, no, I like that. What's an example maybe of a, of a recent decision that you've made that has kind of been along those lines? Well, I feel like, hmm. I want to say that I'm just going to say it because I feel like we're going to go down. (laughs) Do it. it. We can go anywhere. Right. So I spent the last five, six years of my business being a profit first certified professional. Mm -hmm. And I love profit first. And if anyone's listening, who doesn't know what profit first is, it's an amazing book written by Mike McCallowitz. And it's a really, really simple cash flow management system that you can put in your finances both personal or professional, um, but it helps really create like these smaller plates, if you will, of, mm-hmm. of um, money so that you can make decisions and use the money as it's, as it's intended to be allocated to. So it's like the envelope system in, a, yeah. in essence. I love it. And I think that over the years, what I have uh, really started to think about is whether or not like it aligns with me, but whether or not I still wanted to pay to be in uh, the membership, if you will, yeah. of it. Yeah. And, um, and making that decision was really tough because again, it, it's, I believe in it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to pay for it anymore. And what came with that was, um, you know, like, I can't say I'm a profit first professional anymore, which is really hard because that has been such a huge part of my identity. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, just, you know, not being part of that community in the way that I was, but ultimately I didn't see the return on investment. And I am very intentional. One of the things that they talk about with Profit First is every quarter looking at your target allocations Mm -hmm. and making adjustments and seeing where you can start to um, minimize expenses, minimize expenses that may not serve you and may not be what you need in the present moment. And that was one of those things, but it was so difficult to do. Yeah. That's so like kind of weirdly meta because you were following the profit first advice about like checking in on where your money's going. Mm -hmm. But the answer that you got was not to this community thing association, whatever it was anymore, which is, it's like, I don't know, just amazing that like, you're just, you're following the system and the system led you away from them or from from your relationship as it was with them. Right. Right. Well, and, and I think it was more of like really trying to like redefine it. And so for me, like I, so yes, a hundred percent cannot say, do not say that I'm a profit first professional, but I am most certainly a profit first advocate. Mm -hmm. I really do think that the system works. And I think that, um, and I think that there's other, like, like anything, I feel like there are so many ways in which you can implement it. You could go like, hardcore and like really stick to like all the percentages and live in that, that constraint, if you will, if that's what serves you like the structure. Yeah. yeah, Or you can be open with it. And so it's just the, like being an advocate feels really, really aligned. And the fact that I have still friends in the community that I can bring in, Mm -hmm. um, when I, you know, want to, um, 
to like help with anything that I may want, you know, for like group, future group uh, program offerings and all of that. Yeah, I've been using it like, or I, I'd say I've been using, using my version of it, my bookkeeping and like how I run things. But yeah, I use a version of it, um, which I find it really helpful because like I literally just um, paid my quarterly estimated taxes. And I was like, I had a taxes account that I just, mm-hmm. like, I think I put, um, I think 25% um, every month, but of any money I get that month, I just put 25% directly into this when I do my like distributions into this bank account. So when I paid my taxes, it was just there. And I just click some buttons and it was there. And it was, I think the first time I did that, it was just really like mentally it was really nice. Cause I knew it was there. I didn't have to like worry about having it or not having it. I just was there. Felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually earlier today and I finished mine and I did the same thing and it was, you know, it's so funny because I, I talk sometimes about paying taxes and why it's okay to pay taxes. And obviously I've paid taxes, which means that um, I have a profitable business and and that's to be celebrated mm-hmm. and all of that. But um, it's still never fun, if you will, to pay taxes because you're like, dang, like, you know, this is like money that I owe that I didn't have formulated in and sort of like baked into my like mm-hmm. stuff over the year. But like you, like I've got a pot of money set aside for that. And so it's not as if it's like, oh, this is like my money. Like it was never my money. Right. Like in my mind, like yeah. I just move it to my taxes account and it's never like, it's never, I, I can see it. Cause you know, I have the, I have a couple of different, I have the, I have the bank accounts, a couple of different bank accounts, like savings account. And actually we can maybe talk about like what it is a little bit more, what it looks like, but you know, I have a, a different savings account that like, that's just, in my mind and in my feelings, that's just the taxes account. So it's not a part of my, you know, oh, how much, you know, if I, if I want to go to this thing or invest in this thing, that's just not part of the money equation anymore, which is really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's nice because, you know, for me, like I've been putting money aside. And so like, yes, a portion of it left today but mm-hmm. there was still money left over there, which is also really nice and reassuring that I've got this nest egg, if you will, um, which, you know, could very well be in the land of profit first. If you've got more money in the tax account than you need, could you like reallocate it to something else? Yeah, sure. If that's what you want to do. But I also like the idea of never having to worry about like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough money for taxes. Like that mm-hmm. is never on my mind ever. And it has never been since the day I started my business. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, so, um, do you want to just maybe give a quick rundown about the system? Yeah, the sure. Systems? Yes. So I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I just want to, before I start talking is like, yes, I have done profit first for many years. I am not affiliated with profit first <laughs> anymore, but I love them. And I love all the people. So if anyone's listening, like I have that, done it that and not... I've never been affiliated. Right. right. <laughs> but I, but I love it. And, um, so it's a cash flow management system. One of the things that I've found in my years of doing it is sometimes people think, oh, I'm going to do this instead of my bookkeeping. And yeah, the answer is no, like the, what is like, um, like a bookkeeping system, like a, oh, like bookkeeping, accounting, and then profit first, like cash flow, accounting, bookkeeping. Yeah. We could start there. All right. So bookkeeping is an action of which you are taking all of your transactions, whether they are income or expenses 
and you are putting them into specific categories. So if you think about um, like the home edit is something mm-hmm. that is very popular, right? And everything, every, every, every container has its like, you know, has a purpose and whatever. Same thing with bookkeeping. It is a point of saying this transaction belongs in this container here. Mm-hmm. And at the end, once you have bookkeeping completed, then you have reports that will tell you the health of your business. And we can talk about reports if you want later, but that's what bookkeeping is. It is the organization. It's the way that you organize your money mm-hmm. and like how it comes in and out and all of, all of the, the amazingness that happens with that. And I love bookkeeping because it is, it is a way of organizing your money in such an intentional way using a standard that yeah. governments have said, this is like the general, you know, practicing standards of accounting. Perfect. Okay. Onward. And you use software. You could do paper and pencil. Not a lot of people do that anymore, but you can use software. Um, my clients use zero. My clients use QuickBooks online. Um, and um, those are the two most popular ones. So there you have it. Okay. Then we're going to get into profit first and cash flow management. What that is, it's taking your money the money comes into an income account and then twice a month or whatever cadence and rhythm, it's either twice a month, every week, or maybe once a month, depending on the rhythm of your, yeah, like I how actually do. you make I do money. My, I do mine once a month. Yeah. So it really is up to you. I always say more than four times a month seems excessive. Two times is pretty average. And one time is usually like a a standard two. If you, if you have like a very um, specific way in which you get paid and you only need to do that once. So it's, so there you have that. But what you're doing is you're then creating percentages and saying, okay, I have a thousand dollars in my account and I'm going to allocate 15% to tax, 5% to profit. I'm going to pay myself 50% of this income and the rest of it's going to go into operating expense. And so what Profit First is is inviting you to consider is rather than taking the accounting principle of um, revenue minus expenses equals profit, it's saying revenue minus profit equals expenses. So when you take your profit first, you are deciding ahead of time to be a profitable business and then to use what's left over to operate the business. Mm-hmm. And so the whole idea of it sticking to like, this is so simple, right? And yeah. yet it is so hard to stick to it. And the reason why is because temptation comes in and it's like, oh, I want to join this class. I want to join this program. I don't have the money in my operating account for this. So, oh, there's a whole pot of money in taxes. I'm going to like pull from that. And, and like, that's where all of that like temptation. So it's like, it creates constraint, but it's really up to the business owner to, to, um, to stay true to that constraint. Um, or be intentional if they did make a different choice, be intentional about it and not do it in a, in a place of like, from a space of like buffering or lack of awareness of why mm-hmm. you're doing it or fear of missing, missing out. So then cash flow is like, it's just a simple way of allocating money so that you say, okay, I've made this decision. These are, this is how I'm going to uh, spend my money that I make in the business. And then accounting is essentially like a general 
term, if you will, that covers all of the things like the bookkeeping, cash flow mm-hmm. management, as well as like the tax side of it. So it's like, how do you figure out how much money that you need to pay for taxes? And how do you know how you're doing in the business if you look at your financials? So the accounting is just kind of like taking everything. It's like the umbrella of which everything comes underneath yeah. it. Nice. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And I mean, <clears throat> So one thing I just recently, you know, I, I, like I said earlier, like I have this system set up and, you know, it's like a the slight variation on, I guess the official version, um, you know, cause I do, I do it once a month and I just have all my, and then it's really nice. Cause you know, I'm, I'm self-employed I'm a business and I just have all my income and things coming in and it's variable. It's really variable. Mm-hmm. I have it going into my income account. And then I just, you know, I've started, like, I just pay myself kind of a consistent amount each month. So for my life expenses, you know, like I have like a, like a paycheck, which is really nice. And then it looks some months, if I have more money that came in that month, it just builds up. So that if I have slower months, it like, it kind of balances it out and helps smooth out like the longer, well, I'm, so I'm not going paycheck to paycheck with, I also really like. Yeah. Well, and I think that when people that have seasonal businesses. So, you know, you see a lot of that coming with like creatives, uh, creative entrepreneurs who maybe do photography or who like are very like niched into like the wedding industry where Mm -hmm. there might be like a cycle for it. And, um, and again, if you're, if you know, if you have the awareness around like the rhythm of your business cycle, then while you might make a lot of money during a very particular time of year, you can turn around. And if you do the work, of like reverse engineering how much money you need for like personal purposes and for your life expenses and your lifestyle expenses, then you can turn around and say, okay, I know that I'm going to make my money six months out of the year, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to design the business so that those six months of work are going to create my lifestyle for 12 months out of the year. Um, And I think that that's one of those things where it can sometimes be really like hard to grasp and there's that feast or famine thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also, again, like I said before, the temptation of like, you get paid all this money and it's like, Oh, I have all this money to spend. But if you know that that has to last you for 12 months, then you're going to like make different decisions. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I really like is like, I think I, I recently, I went to the British Virgin islands for a week sailing and one of the things about profit first, they say is like you, you know, you put like 5% or however much in this profit account. And then basically you give yourself, you know, whatever much accumulates, you like kind of give yourself half of that as a bonus each quarter kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then one of their rules is like, you know, don't use this for, I don't know, like responsible, not responsible things, but for whatever thing. So I like my trip to British Virgin Islands. I was like, well, I'm going to use my profit distribution from the end of the year for that. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. like, and that f- f- just felt really good. Well, yeah. And I think that that's part of like, you know, like just the psychology of it. It's like the dopamine hit of like, you have a profitable business. And so like every quarter we're like, you're rewarding yourself mm-hmm. with be in that profitable business. And, um, and yeah, it's super fun. I remember a few years ago, um, one of my profit distributions, we took, uh, the family, we went to Italy and that was super fun. So it's, it's really allowing you to then it's, I like to invite 
clients to think about like those profit distributions of not of like a, like a way to then further pay for your lifestyle, but more of like, what are the extras Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't do if it wasn't for this? Because that really is what keeps you motivated. Mm -hmm. I think. No, I like that a lot. Um, okay. So that's actually, I think a really, that's like, it's like money, well, money, business, money, one-on-one maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think the other thing I want to talk about is like, we were kind of talking about this before we got started was this CEO money style. Mm -hmm. Um, like I just took a quiz, the quiz on your, your site and you're talking about like, you know, a couple different money styles. Do you want to maybe just tell me like, um, what kind of maybe are, what you just, what are your thoughts around like CEO money styles? Yeah. So, you know, I'm 43. I feel like I being um, doing the type of business that I currently do. I meet lots of different people. And even before that, I have met so many different people and they have so many different relationships with money. Some of them are very like conservative. They don't like to spend a lot of money. They like to save a lot of money. And then there's others who like to spend money and love to like experience, have experiences in real time and just be in the moment with Mm -hmm. money. Right. And I, I think that we're taught that there is this right way to do money. And I just don't think that that's true. I think there is a right way for you, Rachel, to do Mm -hmm. money. There's a right way for me, Amy, to do money. And those might be two different things. There might be some crossover, but I think that that's the missing part of like the whole conversation around money in general. And, um, what, we seem to have a lot of is this like shame, like shame on you for wanting to like lease a car rather than buy it. Shame on you for wanting to have this instead of, you know, so, and my whole, like the whole idea of this money style, the CEO money style quiz is that I'm not here to tell you one way to money is Mm. the right way. It's about finding the way that fits for you and then leveraging that and not like not doing money the way that somebody else is doing money, because that's what you were told that you're supposed to do, but really being intentional with your money because you're in relationship and you know how you Mm -hmm. need to relate to it. Yeah. No, I like that. Just like being in relationship with your money. And, uh, I don't know. It's so interesting. It's such a, I think it's often such a charged relationship sometimes. Mm -hmm. And recently, you know, I've kind of been, um, you know, thinking about, sometimes it's very dichotomous. Like, you know, are you a spender or you're a saver? I'm like, well, I'm both, but it's more about like how I save and how I spend mm-hmm. not necessarily the amount I'm saving. Like, you know, there's all these things out there, like this percentage of savings is like, but you know, I think, you know, a Ramit, you know, Ramit Sethi, Seth, mm-hmm. Sethi. So yep. the, one of the questions I've been kind of listening to his, like he has a really cool podcast where he like has couples on and they talk about their money relationship in the relationship, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things he says is like, okay, like, what are you saving for? Like, right. Is it like, yeah, you need to have a certain amount for like a rainy day or like emergency fund or stuff, but like just to save, to save is, I mean, I, it could be your purpose, but it's I don't know, more interesting to save for something. And that might just be like to support like a lifestyle change or a, something like to check out of the hustle or something. Yeah. And I think a lot of, of that is where the whole like fire community comes yeah. in and, you know, and that's even like, I, again, 
you know, I, so fire is, um, financial independence, retire early. Yeah. And, but I like my whole thing about that is that I feel that there are like, for me, like I'm still working mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but I feel like I do have financial independence and I yeah. do feel like I've retired early because I do not work a nine to five in a yeah. corporate environment. Like, I mean, is it like the whole essence of like what the whole like foundation intent of it is like, probably like, no, I don't fit that definition, but it's like, that's what I'm talking about is like, you know, the whole all or nothing type thinking like, oh, I'm not part of that like fire community because I didn't do it this way, but more of like, well, I, this is my definition of it. And I feel like I have, because I'm not working a corporate environment. Like I'm creating my own revenue. I am creating my own. Like if I want to make this much money, I make that much money. If I want to make less then I can create constraint around that in order to make decisions around that. If I want to make more, I can. And I feel like very grateful that I know how to do that and that I have a skill set that I can like change that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like in my own way, like I have that to the point where, you know, my husband works in nine to five and, um, you know, he's, you know, got his, you know, 55 is his, his, his like, you know, magic year. Yeah. And, um, and so that means that like, I'm two years younger than him. And so it's like 53, like he'll be like, I'll be 55. He's retiring, which means that I'll be 53 and I can retire. Yeah. I don't know if I will, because I don't feel like, like, well, it's like, what are you going to do with all your, like, right. I mean, I don't know. well, I think that's another thing. It's also just thinking about like, yeah, it's such an interesting conversation. And again, it's thinking about like, okay, so you retire and then how do you spend the next 45 years of your life, you know, or however long, you know, who knows how long, but yeah, I think for me, like, I, I really do think that for me, like, I love what I do and I feel so, um, empowered by what I do and what I help my clients create that. I don't know if like retirement, the way that I think nine to five Mm -hmm. people may identify retirement. I don't know if that will be my retirement experience. Um, You know, 10 years from now, our youngest child will be going off to college. Mm -hmm. And so like, for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to like travel the world because we're not, because right now we choose to not pick up and go all over the place because we have kids that are in sports and we have kids that have yeah. things going on. And so we're choosing to, to like, think differently about how we can do things. And, um, and once like that milestone is reached, then like that no longer becomes a consideration, maybe sometime before then, like, we'll say, okay, yeah, no, we're still going to go do whatever. Mm-hmm. But for now, that's where we are. Um, and I think that that's really what, um, what all of that is about is, is really just creating the clarity around your relationship with money. And I, and I don't, I feel like sometimes I'm like, this is so easy. You should Mm -hmm. just be able to do this, but this is not easy work. And it comes down to, because we're taught that we're not allowed to talk about money. Talking Mm -hmm. about money is like, we have all of this conditioning, Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, as I said before, our public education system lacks really solid financial literacy. 
Yeah. Um, and then you've got, you know, like you're looking for at home to see how people do money and like people, you know, families might not talk about money or if they do talk about money, maybe it's from the lens of like, there's an abundance mindset there or, or, or it could be very much like a scarcity mindset. So there's just, and then there might just be money trauma and I don't mean capital T trauma. Um, I mean, it could be capital T, but it could be lowercase T trauma that you have that is just unprocessed. So if you can, like, if you're out of alignment or out of relationship with money, it's, it's a collection of those three things. And that's, that's like, that's where I feel like my work is. It's like, let's normalize talking about money. Let's, you know, like I, my son, my kids are on spring break this week and um, my son came in here and he was talking to me about something and he was like, mom, have you done this yet? And I'm like, yeah, actually I have. And I showed him and he was like, wow, that's amazing. And when are you going to do this? And how much do you think you'll make in 10 years? And like the milestone, I feel like I'm being cagey with it, but I like, since the starting my business, I've made over a million dollars. And, um, and so like, but again, like normalizing that kind of conversation is something like was never like, that wasn't my experience in my household. Um, and I like, that's the kind of stuff that I want to normalize. And I mean, that was like, you know, like, you know, that's a, uh, I would say a big milestone, but even just like raising the awareness of what it takes to put food on the table for our kids, yeah. like something as like simple as that. Yeah. No, I think that goes back to just the basic literacy and, you know, it is like, you know, within the, like the economy system, I mean, there's all sorts of systems, like just structural systems that are you know, privileging certain things and all that. I mean, just, it's such a complex, complicated thing. There is no, like, there's lots lots of pitfalls and everything, but yeah, no, I think it's, you know, just basic literacy and can help like across the board. And I don't know, it's so interesting just thinking about, cause you know, I like, I remember just with my parents, like my dad was a farmer and my mom was a high school teacher. And it was like weird. Cause, or not weird, but just, I like, I remember like, the, just like one of the rule, not the rules, but like mom would buy groceries, but when we went out to eat, dad would pay. Um, and I think they just, I remember mom saying once that they just sit down, I think when they got married or around then and just like kind of laid out like who paid for what. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's, you know, just so fun. That's why I like listening to these conversations that Ramit's doing, because mm-hmm. there's just so many different things and just, you know, other people's families and conversations that like, like either they don't know what, how the money is happening in the family or whatever. Like I wasn't like super aware. I mean, I kind of vaguely aware as a young, young kid, but you know, I did like, I, I remember once I had to go to my dad to get like a check for dance class and I'd always go to my mom. I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. the, the roles of the, of the, like, who's the spender in the family too, or who is spenders. Yeah. I'll have to, I, I have not listened to his podcast, but I feel like I need to, cause it's one of those things where I would love to have, like, I would love to have Tom, like have that kind of conversation yeah. with him because like, it's just so fascinating just how much we have evolved as a couple. I mean, we've been married for almost 20 years now, and it's just amazing how much our relationship has evolved. Our relationship with finances has mm-hmm. evolved. And like, even just like for him, like his concerns, because I had more like impulsive spending habits when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And that was a big, like, 
point of like concern for him. He was like, is this what you're like, are you going to do this kind of stuff? And I'm like, no, like, you know, but like, it was the fact that he was brave enough to say like, this makes me nervous. Um, I felt like was really brave of him. Number one. And number two, like just that transparency, I feel like has carried with Mm -hmm. us through the Mm -hmm. last 20 years. Yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, money is, I think, you know, that you said earlier, like just in relationship with money and it's, especially when you're like, cause you know, I have a relationship with money and like you have, and if you're in a relationship with someone, then it's not just like, it's what, not just, it's like four relationships instead of two or something like that. I don't know, whatever that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and I think also, um, for me at least it's like, I have seen like this complete evolution of my relationship with money. And there, I feel like there are times when like he, like even just watching him, like he'll do things that I feel like are more like what I would define as impulsive than I do. I don't see that as a problem, but I think that also like any relationship, your relationship with money also evolves and changes too. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like, not what you expected. That's not a problem, but it's more of the awareness around it, which I think is again, one of those things that I think awareness is so easy to, to have and to create through like a thought practice. Um, but I think so often people like just discount it as not being like a worthy endeavor to, to invest time into, but mm-hmm. I feel like having it could be such a game changer. Yeah. What was a recent like thing that changed for you around money? Um, so like, again, if we talk about like hitting this, like major, like, you know, in the online space, this major milestone, right. Of like making a million dollars. And I thought like, I, I thought like all those years ago when I'm like, when this happens, this is how life is going to (laughs) be. And I'm telling you, life is not much different. And, um, it's like, Last month it was this and this month it's still this. (laughs) Right, right, right. And, um, and I feel like for me, it was like, I, I, as I would say like the past six to nine months for me have been really fascinating from a personal standpoint, because, um, as things started to open and I started to, uh, travel a little bit, I found that like my immune system was not prepared Mm-hmm. And I found myself getting sick with just like these, like these like respiratory things. And then I got COVID, I got COVID not so like it was, it was impactful. And then I've had some other stuff going on and I feel like just like for me, like just the relationship with the business relationship with money is just about like really questioning, like what is enough. And it's one of those things where it's like daring myself to ask the question yeah, and then not getting the answer, like just almost coming blank on the answer. So it was interesting because over the weekend, I was again, thinking about it um, because my kids are on spring break Mm -hmm. and I'm like, why didn't I just take this week off? Yeah. And, um, and then I was just like really curious about that. And then I just started to think like, what is enough? What is enough? And I, and I think the question that I need to ask myself is like, what is not enough? Mm, that's good. And it's not because I think, because what is enough? I, I think that that is a harder question for me to answer, but I feel like I'm pretty clear of what's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think it's easier to kind of define especially if it's a really big question, 
Because if you define what's not enough, because usually you get like a lot of easy answers and you can like clear out like half of the options or a third of the options, then you can like clear off more. And so instead of looking at a giant pie of options, you have like a smaller sliver and like, okay, within these things or these considerations, what's enough? Yeah. Right. And I think the other thing too, for me is that I have been wanting to, um, I've been wanting to like push myself to work less in terms of time mm-hmm. and make the same amount of money. And so it's really like inviting me to be more creative around that. Yeah. And also, um, but I think also the discomfort comes from when you're someone like for me, like, I feel like I have, um, I have overworking tendencies Yeah, and, um, and so it's like creating the awareness around that, defining the parameters around like how much time I'm going to work and make a certain amount of money. I feel like those are like that, that's sort of where I'm heading in, in terms of that direction. And then also just the conditioning of like, well, no, you, you should be doing this. Like you yeah. should be like your next step now is to create this result in half the time or create mm-hmm. this result then. And really trying to figure out like, no, that's not what I want. But I feel like that's like conditioned, like in yeah. our brains, like we should want to be like, we're a capitalist. We should want to be able to do this. And we should like, this is going to make us more like, this is going to make us happier. And I, think about myself, like just starting out making my first six figures in business and looking at myself now, I don't think that like happiness in terms of a scale, I don't feel like I am any more or less happier. Mm -hmm. I feel like perhaps there's like more comfort, Yeah, but I don't think that there's this like major shift, which makes me wonder like, okay, if this is like, if I'm kind of going to like take some respite here and just enjoy life and not worry about the hustle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. Just kind of that, but that's a really hard shift because, you know, I also work for myself and it's like, I need enough structure that I'm not like totally. I just, I think it's structure is good for me. It's like, it's easier to, to create a little bit of structure and routine but also, you know, just the freedom to be creative and to be dynamic. And I mean, that's such an, it's an, it's such an intertwine also between like the hustle culture, just expectations about work. Like, what does it mean to be a professional? What does it mean to be a creative entrepreneur? What does it mean to be, you know, self-employed even working from home? Like all this stuff, it's such a, there's so many, and like, and also just the money of it, like, cause in this society, you know, in this culture, like we need to pay for things mm-hmm. or, you know, make a really strong life change. And I don't know what that would look like, but I don't know, move to a commune or something, but you still would need to like somehow be able to even do that. Well, yeah. And I think the other part for me is also, you know, the, it's, I, I don't know if I've ever just sat with the having, mm. and I think that's sort of where I think a lot of this is coming from where my, like my body wants to like, just be still and mm. really like, just like become 
more aligned, if you will. And like, my brain is like, what is happening? We need to be moving. <laughs> and, um, and so it's like really just working through like that sort of like, like internal, like dissonance and, and, and again, but I don't feel like that was like my, my, my work three years ago. I yeah. feel like I was still in a different place, but now it's like, okay, can I do this and do this? And, and again, what is not enough? At what point do I decide like, okay, I'm done here. I'm ready to move to something else. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's kind of happening in the present moment. And I think for me, like that's this new welcoming of, of, of shame, if you will, because I'm like, what do you, I'm like the, the, like shame of like, well, you've got this successful business. Don't you just want to like learn Facebook ads and like <laughs> do the thing? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, like that could be interesting, but like right now I just feel like I want to try something different, create the same result, doing it a different way. And, and just accepting that as is and not making it mean like, oh, you're not going to make more money in the process. And you might actually, your profitability might be lower because it's like a, it's a changeover. It's a, like a transition. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. And so like kind of talking about that, I know that recently you, you, um, transitioned websites, well, not mm -hmm. websites, but websites. So just mm -hmm. kind of maybe tell me about the financial edit, um, which is your, mm -hmm. your, your new yeah. Website. So, um, so my business is the wellness bookkeeper. Like that's like my legal entity, if you will. And that's when, like all the years ago, when I started, that's how I started. And it was like, basically like, what is something that I can offer people that they would get? Mm -hmm. And it was like bookkeeping. No one likes to do their own bookkeeping. I can totally do this. Except nerdy people like me. <laughs> yeah. Right. For sure. Which is great. Um, and then, so then it kind of like started with that. And then what I found was like very soon into my journey, I was speaking on panels and everything. And, you know, there were people that are like, listen, like she is here talking about bookkeeping and she's talking about this, all this other stuff. That's more of like the, like a CFO, a controller mm -hmm. and like more high level, like anal uh, analysis and all of that. So, um, I changed to my virtual CFO. And then during the pandemic, I um, realized that a lot of my clients, like all, not a lot of them, all of them, including my, like myself, we all went through some pretty major pivots in our yeah. business just so that we could navigate ourselves through uncharted waters. Yeah. And, um, and so I came towards the end of last year, knowing that like, there was just a lot happening like personally and everything that I was like, you know, I feel like a change is afoot mm -hmm. and I wanted to rename like the business and everything I was doing. So I was trying to figure out like what the right thing was and thinking about like pivots. And then I was like, well, they're really like edits and I'm like finance, the finance edit. So I just sort of like pulled that together as sort of this idea that it doesn't matter if you're just starting out or if you're making like, you know, eight nine, 10 figures in business, you're always going to be editing your business because your like your business model can change your life can change. So there's always edits to be had. And so just creating that offer. So the website is that sort of that new, like rebranding rebirth of like the business that 
is still in existence, but it's just really, I think, framing it the way that I think it like, just seems so like true for me and, and what I've experienced working with my clients. And so working one-on-one is, is still a thing that you can do, but then I'm also um, launching this program, which is, you know, like if you're someone who wants to keep their, their finances in-house, or if you want to create a relationship with money, you're not quite ready to outsource. Like that's the program where everything that I do with my one-on-one clients, it's all there for you. And it comes with like the accountability thing, because unless you're someone who can stay consistent with like, you're going to schedule a money date with yourself and you're Mm -hmm. actually going to attend it, it creates the accountability where we have like open bookkeeping hours. So if you know that you need the accountability of showing up and making sure that you're going to get your bookkeeping done, like we have that. If you want coaching around your money mindset, we've got that. If you want to learn how to do like the reverse engineering that I alluded to earlier about like creating, like how much money do I need for the lifestyle that I desire? Like, we'll like show you how to do that. So that's that whole container in there. And I'm really excited because I feel like that's the thing that is going to help catapult people from being where they are to getting to the next level to eventually being able to outsource it. But they're doing so not from a place of abdication. Mm -hmm of like, I'm really bad at money. And so therefore I should not be doing this to like, I choose to outsource this because the value of my time is, is, is better served doing this instead. Yeah, no, I like it. I was just looking through it and just like a lot of those things, like the finance and really is like, I think I'm really drawn to it. Cause you know, like we've had, I've known you, we've known each other like 2018, 2017. Yeah. 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 For a while. Yeah. And you know, you and I both are, we've like had long conversations about money systems and how things are set up. So I kind of just, I like doing my own thing for myself. Like I don't want to do it for anybody else really, or some people like friends maybe, but, but I, you know, across the board, like, you know, just the bookkeeping, the cash flow, and like even what's enough, like I have a, you know, spreadsheet of like at the beginning of the year, I like kind of copy the whole year. Like what am I, where's my money going to go this year? Like what, you know, the lot is a lot of predictable expenses and just, but also dreaming. And, you know, the just last year, just like maxing my 401k or my, um, my IRA and just mm-hmm. investing and all this stuff. So it's like the whole big picture thing. Like there's so many pieces and I like that how you're like, this little program is kind of, it's like kind of touching on all of them because money is not, it's not a, like a one note thing. It's so intertwined with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, it's like an exchange of energy, even with ourselves and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I think it's, I don't know, it's super cool. I like it. Yeah. I'm excited about it. And I think the other part too, is I'm just, I'm really curious about it because, you know, like my thoughts around like selling a program where it's like, I'm selling a program where I'm like, you can do your own bookkeeping. And I'm sure people are like, what? No, I don't want to do that. But Again, I feel like it's, it's fun to do your bookkeeping because you're going to see what's happening with your money. And like the numbers, like numbers are neutral. Money is neutral. Our thoughts about it are not. 
And having the awareness around, like, if you look at your finances and you like pull an income statement and the number at the bottom, your net profit is negative on a month, like being able to see that and to like coach yourself into like, was this a result that you planned? Was this a result that you didn't Mm -hmm. plan? Do you know why it didn't happen? Because what that does is it elevates the awareness and the like financial literacy so that you know what's happening with your finances, because so often I feel like we're blind to it. And I've seen this time and time again with my clients, just not having like entering our work together, not knowing what's happening in the business and then like learning what's going on in the business. And then by default, they start like their, their revenue increases, their profitability increases. And it's just because it's like the brain space of like not knowing is no longer being taken up with like, uninformed thoughts, like they are fully informed about their business. Yeah, I know. I think that's really powerful too. Just, um, I don't know your comment about, I mean, just knowing what's going on. Cause once you like start to see, like, cause you know, like if you're like, for me, like I we were talking about earlier, going back to the kind of prop first system, if you can see the cash flow and you like plan for it, like, you know, that this month is going to be really big and then that, but that's going to balance out, you know, the, the month you take on vacation or whatever, the, whatever week you take on vacation, and then just that, like, I don't know, just giving people the tools to kind of bounce around into like the details of like, what, what are the things I need in my business to be supportive versus what are the things I want in my life to have a rich life to, you know, where, like, how do I want to grow next? And like, that's kind of a question I've been thinking about is, and it's a mix of like, like strategic planning, positioning, marketing, and also like money, like how am I going to dedicate my resources to get where I want to go, but also where do I want to go? And it's like, it's mixed in with that stuff. So I think, I, don't know, I think I, I just like how you're like the holistic approach to the finance edit. It seems really cool to me. Yeah. And I feel like holistic is definitely the word. And, um, and I, I think often there are like, there's these different schools with like money. So there's like the people, like the accountants, bookkeepers, CPAs <clears throat> that like financial planners that are in like the action of like the money. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like coaches that talk about like the mindset and the accountability and all of that. And I think what I have been doing for a while is combining the two mm-hmm but never saying that's what I was doing Mm -hmm. largely because I felt like I was worried, like, Oh, these people hire me to do like this. Yeah. They know that this is happening. They're going to be like, what is going on? But it wasn't like I was doing it like against their will. It's just something that organically happens. I think, um, you know, oftentimes, especially at the beginning, uh, when I was trying to like really crystallize, like my like sales message and my consult calls was like, really like hearing them say, I need somebody to do my bookkeeping, but then hearing all the other things that they needed. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you need this, but what you want is this. And like, we can get there, but like that's, and like, in just elevating their awareness around like what it is that they're asking for and making sure that if they decided not to hire me, that they went to the next person creating that, like, this is who I'm looking for. Can you help me? And I've, I've really enjoyed that too. And I feel like, again, the program is sort of that like combination of all that stuff. Yeah. I really like, you know, also kind of the focus on creating agency and I think it even connects like, you know, alignment 
and agency are so intertwined because you know if you are aligned about even what how you how you want to feel about your money or what you want your money to do for you or how you want it to support you or how you want to spend it how you want to save it all that stuff then then that really creates agency within your actions and your like what you then like what it looks like in actions I don't know I just it's such a, I mean, just, I mean, I love talking about like money. I just kind of nerd out about it sometimes. I do think you really would like those conversations though, about that with the couples, because often it's the same thing. It's, you know, they come with a question about like, they were fighting about this, you know, very specific thing, but there's always like an, like an underlining, underlying either they just haven't like dug gotten to that point. So they're fighting about this thing, but really it's this underlying um, insecurity or scarcity, or, you know, you know, it's very emotional, um, Mm -hmm. which is super, I mean, that's just human, (laughs) just humans being human. Right. That. And I think the other part too, is that for me, there are times when I was just thinking about this the other day where like, there is a thought that still is in the, like in my brain about like, I need to do this all myself. Mm, Yeah. And, um, for the longest time I like, I've had, like, I've had bookkeepers, I've had like support and I sometimes have not used them to the extent because I like, was like, I got to do it all myself, but really understanding, like, where does that come from? Mm -hmm. And I figured out like exactly where it came from. And I can see myself, like for me, when I find myself like in a, in a feeling of frustration that's when I start to think, okay, what, what is this about? And not judging it. Cause I used mm-hmm. to judge it and, and like, you know, say things like just get over yourself. Um, and more of like, okay, why am I frustrated? I'm frustrated because it's <clears throat> five 30 and I'm still <laughs> working and I wanted to be done at four 30. Okay. Well, why didn't you do that? It's oh, cause you didn't like, because we didn't do this and really asking powerful questions. And then it's like, well, why didn't you do, why didn't you delegate it to this person? Oh, and then it's like, cause I have to do it myself. And it really quickly, I'm faster now at getting to, I need to do this myself and more of like, I don't and being comfortable with the delegation of it. Um, but I feel like that's just the kind of stuff that needs to come up when like, so whether it's listening to interviews and seeing like where that like holds true for you, but also I think it really just becomes like a practice of self-love and mm-hmm. a practice of self-awareness and like just being like radically honest with yourself about everything. Even if those are the things that you would never admit to another human being, the, like the bravery to just admit it to yourself. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. No, I, yes. I very much. Yes. All the ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, so I kind of want to start wrapping up. So okay. kind of, I know, I think we could like, we could talk for such a long time about this stuff, but is there anything you want to share that you haven't, we haven't talked about? Hmm. Um, gosh, I feel like we've covered a lot of really great ground. I mean, like we've definitely like hit the surface of all the stuff. Um, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think really like the, the one thing that I am always, um, and we just started to touch about it at the end is just the, like, sometimes it's not about 
like finding the, no, it's never about finding the answers outside of us. The answers are usually inside of us are not usually are almost always inside of us. And just being willing to go inside rather than outside is where um, I think a lot of the growth comes from. That doesn't mean like, I know we talk about taxes and it's like, if you like are having lots of drama around like, how much, how much money am I supposed to put aside for taxes? Like the answers are not necessarily going to be inside of you for like, oh, you need to set aside $25,232 for this year. (laughs) It's not that, but it's more of like, like the belief that like you can figure it out and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and just not necessarily being obsessed about, I need the most accurate number, but you know, like profit first, 15% is usually what the standard is for any income level. So just decide I'm going to use 15% and see what happens and welcome and embrace the idea of like experimenting, knowing that like, like being wrong is, is, is all part of the experience. And that like, it's just the stagnation and staying where you are. If you do have desires to go beyond that, that it's going to come with some, some failure and that's not a problem. That's all part of the experience. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Just the, the, you know, so people get you know caught up sometimes in, you know, trying to get the right answer first. And this is very much going back to human center design. It's like, get a good enough answer. Like you do know you have to pay taxes. Right. So set aside 15, 20%. And then after like the first year or two figure it out and like, you can get more and more refined right. um, as you have more information, but it's really hard to try and do that with no information. Then you get stuck in this, like the analysis paralysis and this, all these loops and yeah, that's something like having a bias towards action is something I really continue to work on in mm-hmm. all, all the places. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it's everybody's work. <laughs> uh, okay. So what is one thing you're very excited about? Okay. Um, professionally or however anything? you want to answer it professionally, okay. personally, both. Um, I would say what I'm really excited about is I think this season of my business that I'm in right now, where it's, I'm building scaffolding around myself to support myself, to encourage rest and to like, really like continue the work of like breaking like this hustle mentality that I have. Um, and it's, it's, I think I'm most excited about that and how that all will all unfold the rest of this year. Yeah. I'm very excited for you for that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've, we've known each other for quite a few years and now that that's something you, that's like the, the rest and the, the boundaries and the, the, the work, mm-hmm. work boundaries. And I mean, just the, sharing your knowledge of this really cool, like kind of holistic thing. I think it's really, really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the last thing, how can people find you and connect? All right. So, um, the finance edit.com, um, you could go there and you will find the, uh, the website. And if, um, there's a quiz, um, how to know your money CEO style, which is just a way to kind of like elevate some awareness about some things that you may want to consider if it aligns. Um, and then also, um, I'm creating greater intention on being on, uh, Instagram, So if you go to, um, at my virtual CFO, um, my plan is to be more present there. And so you can check out all of that good stuff too. 
Yay. I'm so yeah. Thank you. Just thank you so much for coming on. Thanks podcast. for having me. And I'm going to add all the links and stuff in the show notes. Okay. And um, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. I hope you enjoyed the show and got a new idea, learned something interesting, or maybe just feel connected. If you liked it, I invite you to share the show with one person and take a moment to rate and review it online. I'm your host, Rachel Thompson. You can find me online at Rachel B. Daring on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening to a Note of Daring podcast. Until next time.